Welcome to And What Else, the podcast with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as The Completion Coach. And today we're going to talk about opportunity, risk, cost, and value. Oof, brace yourselves, brace yourselves. I want you to listen to the end of this one before you make any reactionary responses or stop listening. (laughs) I want you to listen all the way through and to just ponder on it because this is applicable to so many areas of life and people automatically assume I'm talking about the cost of investing in self-development and coaching. We will cover that. I am going to cover it. We're not going to avoid it, but I want to talk about how it shows up in every area of your life and the returns on that. One of our most precious investments is our time. Our attention is another one. Our time is limited. We know that. We know it's not infinite. How we use it and how we live and how we get returns from our time, including rest, including rest. This isn't about hustle productivity. This is about where our time and attention goes. Depending on what you do, depends on your return to fulfillment in life. I spent a day at a spa recently, which gave me an awful lot of return. I spent a day at an eight hour sound meditation type scenario, which gave me a massive return uh, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. That other things that I could have been doing that would be deemed more productive would not have given me. So for me, they were investments really well made of my time, my resources, my emotions, and my finances. They are returning to me tenfold afterwards. It was not about the hours that I spent there. It's about what they offered me in return, what that investment was that I valued. And I do value it really highly. There are other things that cost. For me, having exceptional late nights being in environments that don't really suit me anymore, drinking alcohol, all of those are too high cost for me. So when I do them, I make sure it's because I want to be there. It's because I am invested in whatever it is I've said yes to that would create that use of my time. I still don't choose alcohol right now. That's been five years and I can't see it changing, if I'm honest. The idea that I used to binge drink at least three times a week fascinates me now. Even in times of heightened stress, my reaction is not to get a drink. And in times of celebration, my reaction is not to get a drink. It's interesting because Wendy of old, and this story will unfold in different episodes, but Wendy of old was a binge drinker and her investment was in wine, gin, cocktails. She spent quite a lot there and it cost her an awful lot. It cost her an awful lot of following days of anxiety. It suppressed her ambition. It put her in and around an awful lot of drama, constant fucking drama, negativity in many ways. And actually the good times were (laughs) well before she got very drunk They were earlier in the evening and then it was costing her from a certain point onwards. I don't regret who I was, but I would love to go and have a conversation with me at that version and time in my life and discuss a lot of things that I know now. 
But I do believe that was my path. That was at the right time, the right investment. And bear in mind, I'm 45 now. I didn't stop drinking until I was 40. And that binge drinking continued until I was 40. This wasn't my teens. Yeah, I did start drinking at the age of 13. I did start smoking at the age of 13. I did a lot of behavioral things to try to belong, which stuck with me, which stuck with me. They became very much habitual. People like me do things like this. People like me were definitely social smokers. And people like me were definitely drinkers that could outdrink anyone, stay out later, have more ridiculous stories, be the biggest clown, be an entertainer. All of those things were where I put my time, attention, focus, energy, emotions, and finances. It was a high-risk strategy that did not return. (laughs) I was never getting that money back. It wasn't offering me something truly in return. The experiences weren't ones I could always remember. A lot of them were negative, and they were adding to my anxiety and taking away from my ambition, desires, and self-confidence, self-esteem. Little did I know. The time that I spend walking has a huge return for me. It is time I need to invest because a lot of me wants to be at my desk all day to start early to work late. But I am committed to the investment to walk for at least an hour a day because it gives me huge returns. I invest in the strangest of things. Like if if you're asking me my expenditure on crystals, I would prefer you to leave me alone. (laughs) If you ask me how much I spend on things like sound healing, on coaching, on different therapeutic models, and on things that I believe for me are a good use of my time, an excellent use of my energy, help me and give me a return emotionally, cognitively, and give me a return on my finances for long after I've taken part in the events. They make a difference to me. I am somebody that's more likely to spend money on jeans than I am handbags. Yeah, that's where I have more value. That's where I will put more of my finances. And for me, that feels like an investment that is wise for me to make. Handbags, not so wise, not so wise. Even if I buy them, I very rarely use them. So it's not an investment for me. And I don't really value them. There's the point of it. I don't truly value them. I'm more likely now to value a pair of trainers. I'm more likely now to value a hike up a mountain or to go and sit in a forest than I am if you asked me to go and sit in a beach club. They're just the way that my values have shifted and what I value has shifted with me. So I ask you at the moment, where does most of your time go? What do you really value at the moment? Where do you invest your energy? Where are you taking a risk? And what are the returns? What is that costing you financially? Now, a lot of people think about the cost of something as just the cost of buying it. When there is also the cost of not doing it, what is the cost of not taking part in the thing or saying no or coming away? Any of the things that we're putting off, what is the cost? And I'm saying this from a really personal point of view at the moment as well, because I've just had a discussion about waiting for the perfect time and how that has shown up in my life on repeat where I've said, right, I'm going to do this. 
going to get my ducks in a row. I'm going to do it then. When this hits this, then I'm going to do this. All of these perfect times, right? They haven't happened today. I've never had a perfect scenario to go ahead and do something. And even if I thought I did, something has changed and it's no longer perfect. It's no longer the perfect time. Something has shifted. And as long as we live in a space and a place where we are waiting for the perfect scenario to occur, to enable us to invest into something with our time, energy, emotions, and finances, if we take no risk, then I genuinely believe we will stay in sort of a mundane state. This is not to say that I want you to go and get a credit card and smash it. I don't. I lived that life. I put all of that booze on the credit cards, all of the clothes I wore to those outfits on credit cards, all of the places, spaces, holidays that I wanted to be at to be in the scene and in a circle and keeping up with people was on debt. So it's not good for you. I highly, highly suggest you don't get into debt for shit. But if you are in a place where you can make something work and it's important to you, even if it feels risky, you know the return for you is there and that it will tenfold itself over time. Not the money coming back, but the investment coming back. Because I'm not one of those people that says, if you spend this with me, you'll get this back. But the investment having a return. So when I invested, as I say, in the spa, I wasn't going to get anything back for it. But it was going to return something to me, energetically, emotionally, cognitively, in my peace, in my rest. When I invest in self-development, I know that I might not see the return then. It might be a year down the road, it might be later, but I will have some shifts now, some shifts later. There's a compounded effect that I know kicks in. For me, it's high value. For me, it's high value because it aligns with my value. Previous me believed that whacking horrendous amounts on the four-day trip to Ibiza that she would not remember, that she would carry some shame around, was her highest investment, would be her values. It's what she valued. And so she spent that without thought. She agreed because of where she wanted to be and who she wanted to be. It's important to know that. Now I would spend the same amount to go to Ibiza to remember it, to do less to be myself, you know, but the the same finances might be exchanged because I do value that island. It changed an awful lot of my spiritual life. The time we spend doing anything matters. If you are investing 12 hours a weekend in Netflix, what's the return? If you are investing 12 hours in rest, in sleep, what's that going to return you right now? If you are energetically around people that are draining you, what's that costing you? And if you're around people that spur you on, motivate you, push you, challenge you, support you, what does that afford you? And I want you to really sit with these questions because we tend to think of these exchanges as purely financial. And I have had people say to me, I can't afford to do your coaching. I really want to do it. It's high on my list. I'm on a consultation call. I've ticked a box to say I know the price, but now I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't afford it. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. For me, that is cool, by the way. A, I don't expect anybody to put a credit card into their self-development. I've said that before. B, I'm always, 
always telling people to go and have a think about it, not to make a decision on the call. But see, I'm like, what I would like you to consider is that right now you don't value it. And that's okay, because this version of you needs something else right now. What is it? Can you work it out? Can you see at the moment what is draining you, perhaps energetically, where this is too big for you, emotionally, where this is not right for you, and financially? Because I can tell you hand on heart, a lot of the people who have told me they can't afford it right now have also spent the equal amount of money on other things, such as handbags, such as holidays, such as things for the house, such as cars, you know? There is an element where we have to say, instead of using the words, I can't afford it right now, it's out of my budget, I want you to think about what your budget is in terms of what you value. And to hold that with compassion, without shame. Again, this is not judgment. If you value a car right now, and it's a certain car, it's, you know, cars mean very little to me. I couldn't even use an example car there. But it's important to know what you value and why, and be clear on it. Own it. If you value a £300 bottle of wine, if you value a really expensive handbag, If you value travel, if you're somebody that spends an awful lot of money on entering events, sports events that are really expensive, if you're somebody that values 7,000 books from Amazon this year, (laughs) I know you're out there. If you're somebody that values a high turnover of clothes, if you're somebody that values your savings right now, own all of that. We don't have to be in shame over what we value. But we do have to have radical self-honesty about what we value, because when we can see where we're at, what we value, what we're investing in, what has our time, what has our energy, what has our emotional resources, what has a return for us right now, what feels high risk, and what is the financial cost? What would it afford you? And what would it cost you to do it or not do it? Work out both of those sums. Once you're clear on that, you will make decisions that align with you and your values right now. If you don't know what they are, then you will find that your balances are off. You don't know what you're investing in. It's flitting around. You're looking at loads of things and doing nothing or doing nothing and investing in things that mean nothing. You've got to figure this shit out. You've got to figure this shit out. I've, I've discussed with so many people in my life recently this thing. And I'm like, I absolutely, for me, have no resources left for people that want to offer me unpaid opportunities. And by that, I mean, people and events that are saying, we will put you on the main stage, but you will talk for free. And this will be for potential opportunities. I used to say yes to a lot of these things, an awful lot of them. And this year I sat down and worked out my budget. I was like, the time it takes me to prep for this, the time it takes me to then not be available for clients, for paid work, the time it takes me to travel to these events, attend the events, do the talk and travel home for a high risk opportunity that may present itself isn't the investment I want to make anymore. I've been and I've done those and I look at my data, the actual real data, and not one of those opportunities has given me a return. 
Not one free talk that I have given has given me a client. Not one. They may have signed up to a webinar, but it's not given me a one-to-one client or somebody that has invested back at the rate that the time to prepare, to travel, to turn down paid work and to attend these events were costing me. So I had to sit and work out why am I giving these so much value? What is it costing me to say yes? What will it cost me to say no? And actually what it was costing me to say no was a little bit of ego because it's nice to say I've been invited to speak at things. A little bit of ego because it'd be nice to be a headliner, to be on the circuit, to be in that gang, to be somebody going to all these things. But actually, what it was affording me was to do more paid work, to reach more paid clients, to propose to people that did want to pay for workshops and be available for those. So I I say no to high risk opportunity. I say yes to high risk opportunities that maybe look a little bit different, that may be a case of me putting my neck out there and asking for an opportunity by making a proposal that scares the shit out of me by doing different things they're high risk because again the ego might get dented I might get told no but they're valuable for me and I will say yes to those is this making sense people is this making sense because I'm nearly 20 minutes in I want you to really think about your balance book what you value what your returns are and what things are costing you on the positive and the negative. What's it costing you to say yes? What's it costing you to say no? And where are you putting your resources? Energetically, emotionally, time-wise, financially. Where and what are they? Because I might not be the coach for you. I recognize that. My prices and my fees and my structures and the time I like to work with people isn't for everybody. It just isn't. And that's okay because there are coaches out there who do different levels of investment, different time investments, different emotional investments, all of the things. So we have to weigh out our costs. But for where I meet people and what we do, I'm very comfortable with what my costs are and what it would afford the people that invest in that work with me, in their business, in their private lives, and in the growth that will continue well beyond our time together. I'm really comfortable in what I will and won't invest in, what I will say yes and what I will say no to, what that will cost me in time, because the older I get, as I say, time is so fast. And I'm really aware this year of what I'm not risking, of where I'm sitting in too much comfort, in where I am keeping my head down. And that's in my personal life here. That's in a move that we want to make. That's in some decisions we're making where we're waiting for some perfect times that are never going to come. And I'm like, oh, what's this costing me to just keep waiting? What's it costing me really? And what am I really worried about losing? I'm worried about losing the opportunity, the chance, the adventure. And that's where my values lie. So I'm about to go high risk on some decisions there. But I want you to really think about that in your own life. I'm going to wind it up here because it just hit 2121 and we all know I love a good number. Have a think. Work out your sums. Look at what things are costing you, where your battery life is and what your balances are like in your books and what things are costing you, what things are affording you and importantly, what do you value? 
any questions, any feedback, any comments, you know where I am. You can DM me at The Completion Coach on Instagram. Send me an email, wendy at thecompletioncoach.co.uk. You can drop me a review. You can pass this on to somebody you think might need to hear it. I'm grateful for your time.